you're ready to stop submitting basic applications and winging your interview for your next nursing role, whether you're a graduate nurse or a seasoned healthcare professional, we'd love to exclusively invite you to our secret nurse growth hub, where you can get all of the support to apply, interview and land your next nursing role completely free. All of the resources that we've shared and created over the last three years that have helped 3,000 plus nurses internationally apply, interview and land their next nursing role. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us today. It's completely free. LiamCaswell.com forward slash NGH. Come and join the Nurse Growth Hub today and let's make applying, interviewing and landing your next nursing role easy. Welcome to the High Performance Nursing Podcast, where we seek to coach, educate and inspire nurses globally to achieve their high performance potential. Learn from influential clinicians having curious conversations to help you navigate your unique high performance nursing career path. Join me, your host Liam Caswell, nursepreneur, coach and mentor, as we explore how you can create a balanced high performance nursing career. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of High Performance Nursing. I am absolutely so thrilled and excited today to have an amazing guest on with us. This is a full circle moment for me because I, I was <laughs> first time on podcast was on The Happy Nurse. You may have guessed it's Elena Mallory. Elena, hello and welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. Hi, Liam. Oh, it's lovely to be on. And yeah, it's surreal to be on the other side. I don't often do um, interviews for other podcasts so thank you for having me on oh thank you and I'm feeling the pressure I hope my questions are... <laughs> no it's just a chat I just keep telling myself it's just a chat so Elena for those of you that don't know Elena Elena Mallory is an RN studied initially at the Robin Gordon University back home in Scotland Aberdeen she spent the first 10 years of her career in Scotland before moving to Perth Australia in 2010 Elena's experience spans across orthopedic trauma, the operating room, endoscopy, recovery, and day surgery. Elena has firsthand experience of stress and burnout. Uh, it was this experience which led her to develop a passion for personal development, and we share that common thread there. She has a diploma in mindfulness and meditation, is a certified hypnotherapist, and a certified NLP practitioner. It is Elena's mission to reduce burnout in nursing, uh, Elena achieves this by promoting self-compassion to her nursing colleagues via coaching, podcasts, media appearances, and webinars, and most recently as a co-author in a book which we'll unpack. She is available for consultation in the corporate sector as well, and is a sought-after speaker for nursing and medical seminars. Oh my goodness, so much, which is so good. It's so awesome. <laughs> It's so funny hearing someone say all that. I'm thinking, is that me? Yeah, don't let the imposter syndrome creep in, Elena. No, we kick it out. We <laughs> kick it out. Oh, look, what an amazing career today. As you know, on the High Performance Nursing Podcast, we I created this space, like yourself, to talk about what I felt was the unspoken is about finding out how people get to the, this point in their career and so that others can learn from them and, and, and kind of create their own path. So are you happy to share with us like what it's taken to get to this point in your career so far and what your kind of key learnings have been on the journey? Yeah, I'd love to share my journey. It begins, oh gosh, back in Scotland when I, I had two episodes of burnout within a few years. I didn't learn the first time when I went back there a second. And it was after the second episode, I found myself with a therapist because I realized that I had to get some external help with what was going on with my mental health. It was also following the death of my mom and my brother in quick succession in two separate road traffic accidents. So oh, wow. there was a whole lot going on there. And the therapist introduced me to cognitive behavioral therapy and that just ignited this passion for personal development because I realized how much our thoughts can impact on our daily lives and just the mere process of 
kind of ref self-reflection and self-awareness and the power that brings into your everyday life so yeah that's what started the passion that was a long time ago now and yeah my career I had 10 years in Aberdeen and then my now ex-husband's oil and gas so we moved to Perth in 2010 and yeah I've been here gosh it's 11 years now mm. I've worked in theatres most of my career or endoscopy or day surgery some kind of theatre-ish stuff you find me now in Paku that's where I hang out it's my second home I call it it's my happy place <laughs> when it comes to my clinical role and yeah I pursued that passion of personal development and went on to study all those different amazing modalities you just spoke about, Liam. Mm. And that's kind of where the happy nurse was born because my youngest son, gosh, he's nearly nine, but whilst I was on maternity leave with him, I took extended maternity leave because I had an oil and gas husband who worked away and like family's all in Scotland. So mm. having young children, I decided to take a couple of years out and, that's when I studied mindfulness and meditation and hypnotherapy. And I then started just coaching on the side. And, and then I decided it was time to go back to nursing. My marriage was kind of coming to an end. And I realized I needed a more stable income as a mm. single mom. So I went back to work where I currently still work. And when I went in, I could see some of my colleagues were, were a bit stressed and it wasn't so much that it's a stressful place to work. It's just, you know, life was impacting on them. We do have really busy, crazy days and they would come and ask me for advice. Cause they're like, how are you all so, always so chilled Elena? You know, and they're like, you're going through a divorce too and you're taking it all in your stride. And I was like, well, I'm just drawing on all these coaching tools that mm -hmm. I know. And, I started offering them bits of advice and then they encouraged me to start teaching it to nurses. So I put on a workshop oh, it's a couple of years ago now here in Perth and that's where the happy nurse was born. So, mm. yeah. That's so amazing. I love, there's a few things I want to pick up on there yeah. is, you know, when, cause I also have gone through cognitive behavioral therapy and continue to engage with my therapist around that because I just find it fascinating and it's amazing because I don't know about you, but I go through it and I can see it in the moment and I have that aha moment. And then I step outside of that consult room and I'm like, oh my goodness, putting this into practice is so much harder than just sitting there and understanding it. Is that something that you found? Yeah, definitely. But I think it's that awareness, knowing that what's triggering you or what's motivating you. And it's giving you the power to then be able to do something about it and recognize it when it is coming up and mm. starting to play out. Mm. And I think, you know, I've found that awareness can sometimes be really, really frustrating because <laughs> in the moment you're looking at yourself and you're going, no, I know that I shouldn't be doing this, but my inner saboteur wants to take me to that place. And you have this, you know, that left and right shoulder argument between the good and the bad. And sometimes I'm like, damn it, I wish I didn't know how I should respond in this situation. But it is powerful. You're right. And, you know, I, f I feel like that's kind of when people have that transformation in themselves is that they, they start to unpack the layers. And as our good old friend Brene would say, we start to unlearn and we start to relearn all of those programs and systems that we've kind of grew up with or that we've come across and we've picked up. And then we go, well, no, actually, that's not right. And we take it down a different path. When I go into that space, I think the mindfulness comes into play with me as well, isn't in all that training, because I then think, no, I'm going to allow myself to feel how I'm feeling right now and treat myself with compassion and be present in that moment. Mm. And then you can kind of look at it externally when you come through that lens. Yeah. I, yeah, that's definitely um, an area that I'm working on, um, is that compassionate, that being kind to yourself and compassion. Um, and I guess that's something that we see play out in healthcare day to day, 
among our nursing colleagues, not even just nurses, our physios, our doctors, but we are particularly focusing on nurses, is that we, you know, oh, I made a mistake, I stuffed up, I'm terrible, I'm a crappy nurse, or, you know, I'm never going to be able to get this concept because I'm silly and I can't do this. You know, we hear these kind of self-limiting beliefs day in, day out, and people look at me when I'm trying to reframe it for them in the moment and they go what are you drinking Liam like what's going on here <laughs> do you know like no you're yeah. not busy you're productive you're achieving things it's great and they're like uh-uh don't sugarcoat it <laughs> <laughs> do you know but how do we from your experience and all of these coaching tools that you've acquired how do we bring more of that to the nursing profession I know you're doing that through workshops but do you know how can that what how does that play out day to day in the nursing profession I think it comes down to that compassion element. Like we've got to be our own best friends because that inner critic is very loud. And it is, it's like mm -hmm. you said, you know, it's like you've got two voices on each shoulder. You've got to make the best friend's voice more powerful than the, the critic. And I, there's an amazing coaching tool that I use. And this came out uh, when the email was invented. I don't know if it was invented, but when it first became popular back the mm. late 90s and it's an acronym called think and if any of you follow me on social media mm. you see that I share this regularly so the way I unpack is when that inner critic starts to really ramp up run it through the think acronym you know is what you're saying true is mm. it helpful mm. is it inspiring is it necessary and is it kind and you'll usually find if you're if it's the inner saboteur, it's not any of them. So it's not worth listening to. Mm, I love that. Think such a good tool and so quick and easy for people to process yeah. that information. Yeah. I think, you know, there is, I, I need to stay away from the invisible army and saying we, I'm very good at saying as nurses, we, you know, as, a, as if I talk for the whole population of nurses. <laughs> that was one insight from Brene Brown's course was very much that I use the invisible army all the time, but we, I nearly said it again, I, I, I need to, you know, look at what, what simple strategies we can use in the workplace with our, our colleagues and peers on a day-to-day -day basis to help each other through these moments of, you know, adversity, challenge, discomfort within the workplace. Because as nurses, frontline nurses, we experience the vast array of uh, issues and challenges um, on the front line. So I think there's a huge gap that happy nurses is filling in that space. You know, as you chip away at, at the industry and start showing people that there's actually different routes that you can take. And by stepping out of the traditional nursing education path, you, there's I more, most definitely have, yes. Yeah, but there's there's more there's more to um, nursing than just that three year degree that teaches you theory and some clinical skills. Nowhere in that course does anybody teach you how to manage your thoughts, how to process difficult conversations, how to not how to deal with conflict. What would be your kind of take on that? Oh, I completely agree, Liam. And I think, you know, with compassion fatigue, vicarious trauma, all these things on the rise, it's blatantly obvious to me that these skills are so desperately needed because we need to be able to process these traumatic events that we are witnessing on a daily basis, especially those on the front lines. It's it's a full-on job and it's an emotional drain. So mm -hmm. if we don't have the tools to process what we're witnessing, then we're going to end up with compassion fatigue or vicarious trauma. It just it predisposes us to it. And mm. that's why burnout is at the rate it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about burnout and, and making sure we have those tools, I, was, I recently interviewed Dr. Bushan Joshi from, uh, he's a doctor here in Sydney. He's an NLP master prac and he loves NLP. And it was just so insightful for me to see again, somebody at his level within a department running an ED on a night shift, bringing in all of those tools, there's coaching NLP and mindfulness tools into his practice within one of the busiest DDs probably in Sydney and sharing that with his team. Jen, that talking makes me about, so happy to hear like, that that's happening. It just was so inspirational hearing that, like the work that you're doing tonight, it just made me go, wow, like 
imagine if we could bring this to the masses. Imagine if we could bring this to the, to the nursing population, the 500,000 nurses we have in this country, the impact it would have on the nurse, but also the patient outcomes and the culture within healthcare. Yeah, it could revolutionize the whole, the whole thing. Mm, mm, it would be absolutely amazing. I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about burnout because I know that you have done a lot of work in this space and it's primarily one of the key things that you're trying to bring to light and you're doing you know, amazing work in that space. Um, tell us a bit more about burnout and the happy nurse and, and maybe your, you know, your, is it your five stages of, of burnout or the happy nurse? Oh yeah. My, um, the journey from yes. being a happy nurse to a burnout nurse. So yeah, I, when I first started teaching self-care, I called it back then, I call it self-compassion. But when I first started kind of venturing into the happiness realm, I realized really quickly that nurses couldn't really identify what was going on or where they were in relation to being burnt out. So I broke it down into like five stages. So we go from being well the happy nurse where mm. we're you know we're engaged in our work we're motivated we're self-aware we're aligned with our values we've got that compassion for ourselves and others and we go through five stages which are um i say cruising along comes after happy nurse because we're we're quite happy but we're not quite feeling like we're reaching our full potential or being of contribution there's something just there's a little bit missing, you know, and then we come down from cruising along to overwhelm. And that's when mm. things start to get on top of us. And we're kind of maybe being a bit more reactive than we usually would be. We may be letting that inner critic get a bit louder than it normally is. You know, the compassion for ourselves is starting to fade and we start to get, feel like things are getting on top of us. And I see that as the tipping point. If we can recognize when we hit overwhelm, we can avoid going to the next two stages. Mm. Like it's key recognizing where you are. And a few simple strategies at the burnout stage can take you back up towards cruising along and being a happy nurse. But if we don't recognize it, we're heading to what I call stressed out, where things are really starting to escalate, where we're becoming really reactive. We start to disengage. We, where the inner critic is going crazy in our minds. We're letting our boundaries be pushed. You know, we're looking for that external validation. We're, we're people pleasing, and it just all starts to snowball, and we just start to feel like we're losing control. And then when we hit burnout, it's just like. We feel like we're not being a contribution. We, we give up, you know, we're not so much give up, but we feel defeated. I think that's mm. probably a better phase. And we just were in a really kind of dark place. And you start, you're doing things out of fear and guilt and obligation, and you're not doing stuff for yourself. You know, you're, you're being the ultimate people pleaser. And you just can't keep going like that. You mm. know, it's... I've been there twice and it's a horrible place to be. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about helping people avoid that trap. I don't want them to go down that rabbit hole because it's not a nice place to be in. Mm, mm. I'm interested to hear your theory or what you, what you think kind of underpins the whole, the disconnect between nurses being able to identify where they sit within the kind of burnout or the self-care, self-compassion. What do you think is kind of underlying that? I have a theory, but I'm interested to hear yours. I think burnout's a sneaky bugger and it sneaks up on us. And if we don't realize we're heading that way, we can get very close to it and then be like, oh shit, how did I end up here? You know, and it's all got too much at that point. Mm. So that's why I go on about the overwhelm stage and how it's key to recognize when you're hitting that particular stage, because mm. that's where you can make slight changes and you can start to head back up the scale. Mm. But I also think there's a whole host of different things that go on in nursing too. You know, we, we go into the profession because we we're 
compassionate people you know we're we want to help others and i think a lot of the time we maybe we we want to be a contribution you know it's one of these mm. big drivers in life if we're not growing and contributing we feel like we're we're not fulfilling ourselves and our potential so it's all got a bit of a knock-on effect mm. and i think there's kind of almost a martyrdom can come into it you know where it's like oh, i'll just do it myself rather than asking for help because there's, yeah. and there's also i think there's beliefs out there that it's a sign of weakness if you're feeling stressed you know mm -hmm. i think as nurses we witness the extremes of people who are suffering with mental health conditions and we tend to compare ourselves to them and think oh well i'm not as bad as them so i can't be doing that badly whereas mm -hmm. it's all relative to the individual and how you're feeling you know so i think yeah that's why i created this tool to help nurses mm. almost assess where they're sitting on that scale so that they can make some changes i completely agree i think from my experiences i feel like you know i graduated when i was 19 so I joined the workforce as a registered nurse at 19 and wow. I didn't have a good understanding of myself. I knew that I wanted to help people and I had that burning desire, but it wasn't until I went through the first burnout where like yourself, I was like, I'm fine. I'll get on with this. And I didn't realize what it was. And then the second time it hit me like a ton of bricks and, and it, when I unpacked that, I realized that I actually just didn't know that much about myself. I didn't have a good insight or understanding of who I was, who I wanted to be, what my boundaries were, what I valued in life, because I'd kind of gone into this really early. And people might not go into it as early as I did, but a lot of people do still come into nursing really early in their life. And we're super grateful for you guys listening that are coming in. Please come and join us in the profession. But I think that there's a big gap there within the training system and then within the workforce where we're not really pushed or encouraged to find what makes you uniquely you or what makes you the individual that you are and what you bring to the team. Rather, it's kind of like, well, you're a nurse and here you go and here's your patient loads. And then people are constantly crossing the boundaries that you didn't know that you had. And it all kind of contributes to that end state of potentially being burnt out yeah i completely agree like you i qualified at 20 like mm. months after my 20th birthday so i was the same and yet i didn't have a clue who i was mm. and i just lost my mom i lost my mom during my training you know oh, and wow. she was a nurse as well so it was like i was also grieving the loss of my mom mm. and I went into work, I've spoke about this recently on my own podcast, I went to work not even thinking about it in orthopedic trauma where we get all the road traffic accident patients mm. from and I'm mm. thinking what's going on here, why am I not coping but it was because it was like making me remember about my mm. mom, you mm. know it was triggering me constantly but I had no awareness back then of mm. what was going on in my subconscious so yeah it's i think it's so important what you said you know mm. understanding our values knowing where our boundaries are just getting to know ourselves properly mm. Mm. is key to having a long and healthy career as a nurse because yeah. until you know that about yourself you're gonna get I don't want to say pushed around, but you're going to let your boundaries get pushed and mm. you could end up in a position that's not aligned with your values. So mm. then you, you feel like you're fighting against the grain and yeah, you just, you're not happy and fulfilled. I, I can completely relate to that. And I, I, I think that I've probably only in the last few years really stopped and went, what is it I actually value in a role? What are my strengths and skill sets? And what am I really passionate about that I must have in this next role that I take? And the roles that I've been completely misaligned with, like I loved being a unit manager, 
but oh my goodness, that was so conflicting for me because I love investing in people, but then I would have to sit there and then have a difficult conversation with a staff member and look at data and all of that kind of stuff. And that wasn't my skill set. So I think that there's a gap there for nurses to be able to do that deeper in our work, whether yeah. that's through a therapist or a counselor or a coach or a mentor. I think there was a huge gap there and, and, and that will allow us to strengthen the workforce because then people will know where they sit and where they potentially will add value rather than just doing something because they think they need to do it. And I think also the knock-on impact of that is huge because we've got this toxic cultural problem in nursing. You know, I'm going mm. to talk about the elephant in mm. the room and mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. nurses eating their young nonsense that goes on. And I think if people were aware of their values and their boundaries and were just a bit more self-aware, it would kill the culture yeah. like pretty quickly. I can't get my mm. words out this morning. Mm. But mm. Yeah, you know, it's it's something that I think would would have a huge impact on the whole profession. Mm, definitely. This episode of the High Performance Nursing Podcast is sponsored by yours truly, Liam Caswell. If you're a nurse that's looking for coaching, whether that be CV coaching, interview coaching, writing that damn selection criteria, or maybe you're looking to take the next step in your career and you don't know where to start. Since August 2020, I've helped over 70 nurses land and achieve their dream nursing roles. Why wait any longer? You can find out more about my coaching programs at liamcaswell.com. Is this something that you th- you can kind of offer to nurses listening that you have maybe experienced or done yourself that helped you get to that point where you, you know, had a deeper sense of self or maybe just a practice that, like a self-care, compassion practice that you think nurses could be doing more of that would help influence positively within their own life, their patient's care and then the workforce in general? Yeah, there's a few different things you can do. I mean, there's also, I broke it down into five different aspects, the self-care. So self-care, you know, often gets associated with bubble baths and day spas and all that. And I've realized that very quickly when I started teaching it. And I was like, no, 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 this is not what I want to teach. You know, how can I make this more kind of relatable to my colleagues? So I broke it down into the mental, emotional, the physical, the spiritual, and the indulgent aspects of self-care. So I think it's important when I'll break each one down, you know, the mental aspect is, is looking after that inner voice that's going on, like in a nutshell, there's so much more that I delve into in workshops Mm. and stuff with this, but that think acronym is really powerful when it comes to the mental Mm. self-care the emotional self-care a quick tip is watch your boundaries you know and even know what your boundaries are Mm. and realize that it's okay to say no I think a lot of us we feel like we can't say no especially if we're taking extra shifts or an extra patient or if it's going to mean we're saying no to ourselves by saying yes to someone else, mm. say no, because yeah. we need to look after ourselves and our own mental health. Mm. It's so mm. important for us to be able to thrive and to be effective nurses. Mm. The other thing there, just to, to jump in there, the other thing that I've been learning a lot about recently is, I don't know if you're familiar with Brooke Castillo. She's, uh, she runs a life coach school. It's a great podcast. Okay. Uh, she's amazing. And she is, uh, she's been a coach for decades in the US. And she teaches that you know, everything that you come across in life is a circumstance. It is, it's just something. It's a fact. It's just there in front of you until you assign a feeling or a so thought true. to it. Do you know, so it's a, it's a neutral circumstance. If you look at everything, and it might sound a bit emotionally cold, but if you look at something that, you know, my manager just had a chat to me and it was just, it was a chat. It is a neutral chat. It's not like, oh, she's pissed with me or, oh my goodness, I'm going to get pulled into the office. You then have a bit more emotional regulation because you can look at it through a different kind of lens and go, okay, she had a chat to me. Great. 
Um, yeah, it's the stories we associate to things that have the impact, mm, not the actual mm, events themselves. Exactly. It's the inner story that, yeah, exactly. It's what we assign to it immediately rather than actually just looking at it objectively. It's that subconscious <laughs> filing system that's yes, in there, you know? Yep, the yep. history of generalization, distortion, and deletion, <laughs> which we talk about in NLP, yeah. you know? It's the process that our subconscious goes through every second of the day. So, mm -hmm. yeah, mm. it's, it is. It's the culmination of our life events that then yeah. assign these stories to events mm. that are happening, and they're all related to our past. I mean, mm. I do it myself, but... I'm aware of what I'm doing and I can, well, I'm not going to say I always do because I don't, <laughs> I'm human, but you can start to recognize where you will probably assign stories. And when you feel yourself doing it, you're thinking, is this true or is this a story that I'm creating in my mind? Yep. Yep. Or even yeah. better, if you've got a partner or somebody in the house that knows you really well, like my partner always says to me, so do you think that that's true or are you just telling yourself that? And I'm like giving, you know, I'm giving a dirty look across the room. <laughs> I'm the same. I don't have a partner at the moment, but I've got a really good friend who's also a coach and I'm like, Michelle is the, and she's like, Elena, are you going into the story? And I'm like, mm, yeah, I think I am. So yeah, it's good to have someone to call you on it. And it's often like our colleagues, they are the ones that will recognize the quickest mm. when we are kind of going down the path of stressed out, burnt out, because they'll see the change in us before we see it in ourselves. So mm -hmm. having yeah. good relationships with our colleagues is very important as well. Mm. And I think you talk about this a lot. You talk about, you know, um, care for yourself or treat yourself the way that you would treat others. Um, I don't say it as eloquently as you do, but, um, you know, it was a real moment for me this week in that Brene Brown course, because we had to write a letter to a friend that was going through a difficult time. And then we had to rewrite the letter without using the friend's name. And then we had to put our own name into it. And it was really interesting because reading the first version, I went, oh my goodness, I'm here to support you, Janai, you're amazing. And I would, if I knew from the get-go that that was the task to write for myself, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have done half of the things that I put in that list. And I would have gone to that more kind of negative, oh, you should have known better, you could have done this differently. Uh, it was really powerful because reading the second one when I put my name in it, I thought, I, I need to change how I talk to myself. And I think a lot, a lot of us could probably take that on board, especially in those moments of chaos within the workplace. That's an awesome um, exercise to do because so it is, it's so different. And that's why I say, you know, offer yourself the same compassion you so freely give to others. It's, mm. We're so good, especially as nurses. I'm jumping on this army of we, Luke, listen to me. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry for me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, and I know I have been guilty of it in the past and I still am sometimes I'm human, but I, I know these things and I can call myself out on it, but it is offering ourselves that same level of compassion we would to our children or our partners or our patients, because we tend to be really hard on ourselves. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. I feel you, hear you, see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody listening feels the same way. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's hard in the moment, but once you start developing those self-awareness skills, like you say, and you start working through, and I like how you chunk them into your, you know, your physical, your mental, your emotional um, indulgence, looking at all of those key components allows you to kind of rationalize it and go, okay, what am I doing in each one of these to make sure that yeah. I'm, I'm showing up as the best version of myself? And a good way to actually start to dig down into that, to work out, what the story is that's playing out is to journal you know if you start mm -hmm. writing how you're feeling in a journal it becomes evident very quickly what the story is and if you keep asking yourself questions about why you're feeling how you are while you're journaling you will get to the bottom of the story and it's probably mm. from some past event it's mm. a powerful tool mm. When I start coaching someone, the first thing I get them to do is buy a journal because it's so powerful. And I use it myself. You know, when I think I'm going into the story, 
after I've spoke to my friend, I'm like, right, Elena, sit down and write about this. Why are you feeling this way? And mm. the stuff that's come out, you're like, whoa, where did that come from? And it's been something like that's happened way in the past. Yeah. And you're now projecting it into the future and onto someone else or something else. So mm. I think there's a real good lesson there. And that's something that as a health leader, I try and focus on is avoid the narrative and try and find the emotion in whatever somebody's saying to me. And that can apply to you know, us on the floor working with patients. We will tell people these great big stories and we'll get caught up in the detail when actually what somebody is really trying to express to us is just emotion. Yeah. And they're just waiting for us to listen, you know, two ears, one mouth, which I'm really, really bad at, you know, more listening, less talking. I think maybe that's a Scottish thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Generalizing. We do like a good chat, don't we, us Scots? But I think, yeah, a mindful listening. That's something I learned in my mindfulness training. It's mm. listening to learn rather than listening to respond. Mm. Mm. That's, a, I, that's how I frame it up. So what can I learn while I'm listening rather than thinking about how I can be responding? And when you're doing the podcast, sometimes it can be, I'm like, I'm really listening here. And then they'll stop speaking and you're like, oh yeah, I have to speak now. Don't, <laughs> don't tell people our secrets, Elena. <laughs> I feel you. I was just about to say, actually, that it's hard in this moment when you're, you know, we're on this podcast and we're not, it's, you know, we're trying to create content for people to learn and grow and develop but also convey a message the last thing you want to do is do that you know inarticulately and then just completely go off track so there's a bit of a balance there which is a good skill set to develop yeah definitely i think as nurses we're very good at balancing multiple skill sets at once yes absolutely i would love to take a bit of a move in a different direction and and Talk a little bit about your 2021 vision or your vision that you've created around reaching 1 million nurses. Tell us a bit about that and how you got to that point. So I was doing my goal setting for this year at the end of last year. I thought, I don't know what to do with Happy Nurse this year because like, I launched the podcast last year during COVID because I realized I wouldn't be able to do face-to-face -face workshops. And being here in Western Australia, I got stood down because I work in elective theatre and I thought, what can I do to help my nursing colleagues? You know, probably like yourself, Liam, I thought the NHS trained me. I felt like I needed to get mm -hmm. on a plane and go back mm -hmm. to Scotland. I, yeah. The guilt was massive. But then I thought, no, Lena, it's just a story. You know, your life's here. You've got two children. You can't go home to Scotland because goodness knows when you'll get back. So I thought, okay, I'll launch a podcast and then that means I can share strategies to help them look after themselves while they're going through this traumatic event that COVID has thrust upon mm. nurses internationally. And the podcast took off much quicker than I thought it would and has become what it is today. But at the start of the year, I also did... A Tony Robbins event and he's like the master NLP guy you know mm -hmm. and he was getting us to do goal setting and I thought oh, what can I do what can I do and I thought no Alina dream big go for it and I thought my goal is to reach one million nurses with the podcast mm. hopefully by the end of the year and so I set off on this mission to try and make this achievable and everyone who I share it with wants to jump on board and share my message. Because at the end of the day, the podcast is a free resource. Any nurse can tap into anytime, anywhere in the world. You know, there's mm. now 42 episodes sitting there, I think. Mm. And each one's got about 40 minutes of content. So there's hours and hours and hours of content with amazing people including yourself Liam thank you <laughs> um it's sitting there and I thought you know it's free they can access it whenever they want on any device practically because it's on all the major platforms like mm. your podcast is too and I just thought it's something I can share with the world you know I feel it's my need to feel like I'm making a contribution and I feel mm -hmm. like I am by doing it. And if I can help 
my nursing brothers and sisters out there who are on the front line facing COVID, then mm, mm. it's, yeah, I just, I, I feel like I'm helping them making a difference. I don't mm. know. I, yeah. That's such an amazing goal and aspiration to have. And, you know, you're, you're so right. When you put things out there, you know, it's amazing how many people jump on boards and, and help you push forward to, to achieve that goal. So absolutely amazing. And obviously maybe I need to do a Tony Robbins workshop so that I can get some goal setting into my life. But goal setting in itself is a hugely valuable tool that, again, is probably another strategy that nurses could be using to navigate their careers and, and start unpacking what it is they want to do moving forward you know maybe with the self-care self-compassion is actually physically creating a goal around it i've found that within high performance nursing is that uh, working full-time and doing this on the side in the podcast it's you know it's, it's there's a lot happening and i'm starting to sit down and go okay i really need to be quite strategic with this again you know do what i say tell other people to do but maybe don't do so well myself so i love that love 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 that goal um, of a million nurses and we'll help you, to get there. you so guys if you're um, listening please definitely check out the happy nurse podcast i uh, help elena get to one million nurses mm. thank you yeah share it with your friends <laughs> in wrapping up i'd love to ask you a couple of kind of questions a few of them you might notice because i've stole them from Brene brown because i love 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 these questions (laughs) i wanted to know your kind of take on the future of healthcare the future of nursing what what is kind of i know that's a big question but what do you think are the main challenges i mean we kind of talked about it but what are the main challenges that you see that we need to be paying a lot of attention to in the next five years i there's lots of answers to this um (laughs) i think retaining nurses is a very important one to start with because we've got an aging population we need more nurses not mm-hmm. we shouldn't be losing the the amazing ones we've already got mm-hmm. and that comes down to changing the culture yeah and you know this the concept of nurses going over and above their role description continuously you know if you look at the healthcare business model it's the most flawed business model in the world and it relies Mm. heavily on the goodwill of the staff yeah and on our weak spots and on us letting our boundaries being pushed so i think there has to be a huge shift in that as well Mm -hmm. so that we do feel like we're being valued as mm-hmm. yeah as members of the team i mean i mean last year you know the year of the nurse and the midwife it wasn't the year we thought it would be you know we got slammed mm. we got the um the c- credit that we deserved but it was not in the way that we thought it would come it's mm. um mm. it's quite bizarre how it all unfolded yeah but yeah there has to be a culture shift and mm. that it's a multi-level culture shift it's not just from the nurses it's from the administration as well i think you raise a really valid point there and when i think about nurses having deeper understanding of themselves and doing their values and their their own vision it brings me back to organizational vision and values because if you look really closely at every healthcare organization vision and values ethos it is all about the patient yes it is there, there's never anything in there. You could spin it and say, oh, well, respect means respect our nurses. But there is literally very few organizations that will very clearly articulate that by having good people and investing in our people, we will have improved patient outcomes. There might be a little paragraph down the bottom, but it's not filtered into and integrated into the key kind of vision or values of the organization and i think that there needs to be a shift there because i think that's where people can't relate in my experience where the staff go well what are these values where did they come from yeah they might have consulted five thousand people but were they all in you know non-clinical roles that don't work on the floor and don't capture the the, the you know the huge workforce that nursing is <laughs> yeah they expect us to know the values you know when we go to interview it's one mm. of the questions you get asked yeah but it's whether 
they are willing to help us align with the values mm. or mm. you know i think that's a better question for interview yep. you know do your personal values align with the values of our hospital because if there's mm. a misalignment then you're going to be banging your head off the wall and you're yep. not going to feel like you're being valued or mm. progressing in your career Definitely. And nurses that I work with and coach in that kind of career CV space, they say, well, I don't really have an option. I need to take this job. And I'm like, oh, I understand that element. But also, you might not be in alignment with where you need to go in the future. Like you need to stop and think, does this organization appeal to you based on their vision values and then the external media? Do you know, is there a, an article in the paper every week about how toxic the culture is? Mm. Or maybe you need to take that into consideration when you're applying for that role. So long story short, there's lots, lots that we could be doing in that space. Mm. In terms of yourself, I love this question that Brene asks her people. So I've pinched it. What do you, what do you need to keep relearning? What do I need to keep relearning? That's interesting. Mm. What's something you know, but you need to keep telling yourself? It's that compassion, you know, it comes back to that. (laughs) It's, it's Alina, remember, offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others. Like I'm guilty of not doing it too. And Mm. that's not just in my nursing role. That's as a mom as well. You know, I think moms are, it's such a brutal role. We can be so hard on ourselves and compare ourselves to others and, yeah. So yeah, it's that mm. compassion. I need to mm. keep relearning. Yeah. Yeah. And how can people collaborate with you? Where can people find you? How can people get in touch with the happiness? My website is happynurse.com.au. The podcast is on all the major platforms. If you want to listen to that and you can contact me via the website or I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn as well. We're busy people. We've got so many platforms to keep keep running. Oh my goodness, when do we sleep? That's a full-time job in itself. It is. It is full on. It is absolutely. And and when people reach out to you, what what services do you offer people? What what can they expect? I've got the podcast. I do consulting work for organizations and create webinars and content relative to the department or the facility. I do limited one-on-one coaching now just due to time. Mm. And yeah, I do workshops around the country. I'm excited to be doing my first one in Melbourne on the 14th of August. I'm collaborating with Lauren Bell, who's also another amazing nurse working in this space. So that's Mm. exciting. Mm. And there's more dates coming soon. So Excellent. What's the workshop on? It's called Release Professional Anxiety and Unleash Your Happiness. Oh, I love that. Lauren does a lot of work in the professional anxiety space. She's also a contributor to the Anxiety Relief Handbook that we both Mm -hmm. contributed to. Mm. So it's off the back of that that we're collaborating on this workshop. So yeah, it's all about that imposter syndrome, that letting your boundaries being pushed, understanding your values, everything we've been talking about. Mm. So yeah, we're going to delve deep and it's a whole day in Melbourne. I love that. I rudely have, I forgot to ask you about the book. We did mention it, I think, oh, wow. earlier. Tell us about this book. Tell us about I'm um, co-authoring, which is an, an amazing achievement to be a published author. How does it feel? It feels a bit surreal and it's funny. People are like, oh, get copies from me they're like can you sign it I'm like why why would I (laughs) sign the book but yeah I do but yeah it's just one of those weird moments in life but no it was I loved doing it I loved writing it it's lovely to see my um, five aspects model in print because that's what I've written about I wrote my chapter is my journey through two burnout episodes I go into detail about what happened and how I was feeling and coming out the other side and how the happiness was created. And then I break down that five aspects model and offer tools and strategies in it. So yeah, it's amazing to be published alongside 10 other amazing allied health practitioners. 
there's hypnotherapists in there, kinesiologists, other coaches. It's yeah, it's incredible. It's really exciting to be part of such a an awesome publication. Yeah, I think, and you know, there's just such power in collaboration. And you know, we use it as one of those words in healthcare. It's like holistic. You know, everything is holistic and patient-centered, and collaboration becomes one of those words. But it is amazing when you put yourself out there. So if there's any nurses that are thinking of doing something along these lines or thinking about writing a book or doing something, setting up a Facebook page, do it. There's so much help out there. There's this secret little community of nurses that we, we all chat on LinkedIn and we all get yeah. linked into each other. And it's amazing. And it's good to know that you're not alone um, and to bounce ideas off people. So we're here to help if anybody needs any support or wants to come along and be part of it. Yeah, definitely. It's all mm. about collaboration. There's no competition because we've all got the same bigger vision and goal, mm. what we want to achieve. So yeah, it's about promoting each other, lifting each other up. And the more people we see in the space, the more excited I get because exactly. like, yes, there's more people joining oh, no. us. Do you know, I'm just waiting for the day that we have like a collective, I'm going to put it out there so that we can manifest it, a collective conference where we all just come together and just offer everything that we have to offer. Oh my god, wouldn't that be amazing? Can you imagine? Oh yeah, let's make it happen. So good. But on that note, Elena, thank you so much for your time. This has been a long time coming. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for your time. And I am absolutely in awe of the work that you're doing. So thank you so much. And I know that this will help lots of people on their journey to becoming a more self-compassionate happiness. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful chatting to you today, Liam. And your work is also awesome, what you do. I love how you help nurses progress in their career and help them set goals and achieve visions. And yeah, keep up the good work. All part of the bigger plan for us all, isn't it? Elevate nursing practice and elevate the profession. Thank you so much for listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast. Please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. I would love you to join my online community of high performance nurses. Join us on Facebook at Liam Caswell or check out my website at liamcaswell.com. Until next time, I have been your host Liam Caswell and I am truly grateful for the opportunity to help you build your high performance nursing career. Be kind to yourself and stay forever curious.